Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PA podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we're taking a look back at the Stoke City game, the Derby County game, looking ahead to this weekend's meeting with Coventry and the rise and fall of the European Super League. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, how are we this week? Couple of games in the bank, busy week. And we're here for for another episode. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been eventful few days, hasn't it? <laughs> sort of uh, on the north end beat, but sort of more on the uh, the the doom, yeah, impending end of football as we know it. Yeah, you know, so uh, plenty to talk about on that later on. I think yeah. on that film, yeah, we'll get uh, stuck in. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll start with a bit of north end, shall we? Yeah, Stoke. It, it was. It was. <laughs> It, it might, this might be a bit harsh, and we kind of—I kind of alluded to it in last week's podcast—but it was very much a Stoke game. It was quite mid-table. wasn't a great deal going on. Nil-nil. Eh. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, you know, I'm struggling to think what to say here. But no, it—it it, it was one of those games. It was a means to an end. He got a point out of it, which mm. in the end w- was a decent point when yeah. you add to it that North End went on to beat Derby. Three points out of two, four points out of two games, you know, yep. sort of happy days. Um, North End had won the last two visits to Stoke, 2-0. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I thought they might have been able to go and do it again. And I think Alan Brown had scored in both games. Mm. Brad Potts had scored in one, didn't he? I remember yeah, that. And Barkhouse in the other. But w- when Alan Brown went through in the last minute mm. well 86 87 minutes whatever it were um i had visions of like you know brown scoring for the third year running yeah another win third on back the page. bounce yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, but uh, harry Suter brought him down and yeah. got a red card i thought brown was i don't know brown was clever in you he said he went across Suter mm. and bought the foul i thought for 6 foot 6 harry Suter to chase brown i thought he did damn well yeah but I wondered, could Brown, he was sort of bringing it across Suter to get onto his right foot to shoot. I think if he kept it on his left foot, mm, mm. which he's not bad on, mm. I thought he could have scored there. Yeah, I did. I thought he gave the him angle, a chance. Yeah, the angle he was coming back on. Yeah. As, you, as, you, as he came across, that's almost allowing Suter to catch up a little bit. And yes, yeah. it got the contact and whatever. And it, had it happened half a yard nearer, mm. it would have been a penalty. As it was, it was a free kick. And we all know that a free kick bang on the edge of the area, the hard to score from. Yeah. You've got to get him up and down or, you know, just drill him or something. You know, a bit further back, you've got a bit more 
bit more sort of space to work with. Gally had a little ball, yeah. a little like rhythm of scoring those kind of where he goalkeeper side and kind of double bluffing. But but it, the North End generally don't have a great record with free kicks. I'll say that all having corners, scored one against yeah. Derby, but I don't yeah. think that counts. No, no, but. but um, no, but I just thought with that one, I thought, you know, I had yeah. glory in my eyes. I thought first successive win at Stoke. Could they do it on a spring Saturday, <laughs> yeah. sunny afternoon? Because I, I tell you, Tom, you know, like, as I say, I'm lucky enough to go to the matches. I think it was the first time I've not been cold at Stoke. <laughs> I wasn't saying I was absolutely boiling hot, <laughs> yeah. but I was, yeah, warmish. You know, yeah. the coat was undone. Yeah. Probably because the zip still busted that, on that's it. That's basically holiday so, weather in yeah, Stoke, that, isn't it? It was, yeah. Crack out the Bermudas and yeah. Speedos. Yeah, no, but... Uh, I feel yeah. like any other minute of the game, mm. he's done the right thing. But yeah. in the 87th minute, when 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 he getting a man sent off doesn't really do a lot for North End. No. If he, I think if he carries on down that path and keeps the distance between him himself and Suter, and if nothing else, just manages to get a shot off, mm-hmm. that's more useful than having him sent off with five minutes to go and, and nothing really changing. Because you know at that point anyway, they're just going to sit in either way. So... I don't think Brown was deliberately looking. I'm, I'd rather get him sent off and score, but I yeah. just thought if he, if Alan Brown was to look at that again yeah, and run do through it, everything to get at goal for me. Do you know what I mean? He'd probably be thinking, yeah, I should have just kept it on my left, yeah, and just you know just try to lift it over the keeper, stroke it round him. But yeah. you know, that's with hindsight. Mm. The way North End played in the first half, they were poor. Mm-hmm. I would have taken a nil-nil then. It was very much. Once you got the first 10 minutes out of the way, 15 minutes where I didn't literally make a note on my notepad, yeah. I didn't send a tweet. Yeah. Once you got that spell out of the way, both sides had sort of, you know, sized each other up. It was Stoke very much in the ascendancy. Frankie McAvoy obviously said quite a lot at half time. Mm. Suppose kept it changed the, same. the way they pressed or something, yeah, which yeah. If, that, if that's true, I mean, it, it had an impact because they were better in the second half, He's, so you kind of got to say fair play. Yeah, speaking to McAvoy, he said, I think they tried to press it so that the ball was played to James Chester hmm. rather than the other two centre-offs, because they played a 3-4-1-2 like North ended. Yeah. And the other two, Suter and Nyman, was it? On that uh, side? Norrington Davies? Da- yeah, Norrington Davies, that's right probably a bit more comfortable on the ball. Mm. So the emphasis seemed to be get it played out, you know, press on the other two. Uh, Alan Brown could then push on to, you know, Chester and try and sort of close them down that way. And I think I think it worked a little bit, you know, a little bit better. North End were much better in the second half. They had the chances. It was a good way. Chad Evans put a header over the bar. I thought he should have done better with from yeah. Mark and Cross. And Andrew Hughes hit the post with a with a free kick, mm. which was you know decent. Then we had Brown's last minute chance, but nil nil means to an end. It was a point moved on, and I've just got to say, we, uh, you know, we're going on about um, Stokes weather and everything there. I thought their pitch at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium was excellent. I thought it was um. probably one of the best pitches, you know, the best mm. nick of pitches I've seen. Since you know the start of last, yeah, since the start, of the a season. lot been said about that, hasn't there? How difficult yeah. it's been to keep. Pitches mm. in good condition. Yeah, because there, there was such a small gap between the end of last season mm. and the start of this. A lot of teams didn't have the time to do the the normal summer renovation, which is Basically taking everything up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, it was basic. You know, it was basic maintenance this time. So I mm. think pitches have suffered. But yeah, well done to the Stoke groundsman, whoever it is. But yeah. no, I thought his pitch looked very good. A few of the players were slipping. I think they watered it quite heavily before the game, but mm. as you do, to try and knock it around. So A draw against the mid-table side where North End are. 
that's kind of expected, I suppose, wasn't it, in yeah. the end? Only the second draw away, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, well, not Norwich had been the only other draw. Yeah, first game of the first away yeah. game of the season, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, Desmond Tutu down <laughs> yeah. at uh, down at Norwich, yeah. Um so yeah, draws have been very rare away. You know, mm. the the home form as we know hasn't been great. It's quite a low number of wins away. Nine away wins. Mm. Decent, very decent. Yeah, very. And only two draws though. Maybe if you sort of put five or six draws in that, you know, they'd mm. probably be you know, I must admit, comfortable, like, a lot more comfortable than they have been. With the way Frankie McAvoy's been going about things, and it, I might sound a little stupid, this, but I've kind of been enjoying the little the draws that have been sprinkled in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it especially because maybe in a, being a little bit pessimistic, those games might not have got anything from yeah. in the past, and it's like a draw on a day where you're not quite at it isn't the worst thing in the world and that obviously coupled with wins that are in there as well it's, it, it almost feels like a I don't know a more normal team because yeah. it, it, with PNE this season it's been so much all or nothing it has, yeah. you know it's either you're either it's either ecstasy or agony like it, it, it's a lot so, of agony yeah a lot of agony recently. yeah a lot more of that yeah. and so it's like getting a draw it's like oh okay it's just it's, it's an in-between kind of day and you can kind of move on a little easier from it you've not you've not lost it's not the end of the world yeah, you might not have won, mm. but it, it just sort of softens the blow a little bit. I don't even know if that makes sense, but no, it just feels a little yeah. easier with, with draws in you there. Think, you think of the last two draws. The Norwich draw was the old Graham Wesley winning draw, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. The, you know, the last minute equaliser, well, the 95th minute equaliser. Yeah. The Stoke draw, as you say, was just a shrug your shoulders, okay draw. Yeah. Was it wasn't a losing draw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're to use another Wesley analogy, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was actually Graham Wesley who came out with that winning draw thing. I think it might have been someone else at the club, but people associated with Wesley. Yeah, I for one believe we should bring more back, bring more Wesley isms back. <laughs> the only time, the, the only other time I've seen that winning draw sort of phraseology is in in, in the Northern League in cricket. So, oh wow! Yeah, that, oh yeah. That's they, they, yeah, they do have winning and losing draws yeah. and that. Are they used to anyway? So anyway, we diverse. Yes, let's move swiftly on from Stoke and get into the uh, game against. Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Who um, are Wayne Rooney's Derby County, who are in the mire. Yeah, it's it's so sad to see a club like Derby County with the morals they've had recently. To, no, I can't. Yeah. They, I, I really don't care if they go down, but they do look like they are they are going that way, don't they? They're in they? peril. They've lost four on the bounce. Yeah. They have lost their form at the wrong time. Yeah. They've got, whatever you say about Rooney, he's an inexperienced coach. Mm-hmm. Great player. Absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic player. And a decent, a decent enough chap on the basis that he held the door open for me on yeah. Boxing Day at Pride Park in the press room. Oh, right. So I won't have a word said against <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. But no, but he is in it. He knew who it. you were. He yeah. was thinking, is that Dave Sedman? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, he's a <laughs> mate of town sandals. Really, yeah. So, yeah. But no, Rooney's an inexperienced coach. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter how many international caps you've got, how many mm-hmm. appearances for Man United and whatever. And... Just at the moment, he cannot turn this sort of tailspin of form round. And their latest defeat was at North End, 3-0. Sort of, um, first home win for North End since the Huddersfield game, end of February-ish. Mm. Uh, so, very, very decent. A good night's work. And it never really seemed too much in doubt. There was there was a small bit of pressure from, from Derby where they had a couple of back-to-back corners and they probably had maybe a 10-minute spell where... Early second half. Yeah, North, second North End half, yeah. had to kind of weather it. 
But in the grand scheme of things, PNE looked pretty pretty mm. confident, pretty assured, and, and quite threatening throughout. So it just seemed like, and I think I tweeted at half time that it just you'd just like to see them keep the game away from them. It, it was one nil at the time, and the only thing that was lacking was that sort of cushion because it, it takes a, a moment of madness and, and the back in the game. And we've seen it so much. Again, maybe it's a bit of pessimism, but we've seen it so much this season. And then North End just took the game away from him. Yeah. Almost, almost quite professional about it. That, and, and I said this on last week's podcast that this is the kind of game where North End need to kind of put them to the sword if they want to be a, a good side. Derby at this moment in time are not, and they need to show the difference between that. And they did a three 0 win at home, clean sheet, three goals. You can't ask much more than that, really, I suppose. No, you're looking at the game, Tom, if you were to break it up. Mm. First 10 minutes, I thought Derby started it very well, but without doing a lot. Mm. A lot of possession, a lot of working the ball out towards the sides. You've got some good players in that team. Yeah. When you look through it, some good young players and some good experienced players. Very tidy young players, aren't they? Very yeah. technical. But yeah. it's not working for them. I thought North End rolled that storm out. Not a storm, but rolled that first 10 minutes out. Yep. Started to feel the way into the game. And then scored a very good opening goal, 18th very minute. Good. Tom Barcaves, a nice pass down to Alan Brown down the mm. right-hand side of the box. A Brown, lovely cross. Brown got to the byline. That's something we yeah. talked about on the pod a few weeks ago, Tom, yeah. that North End weren't doing a lot of. And that was to the detriment of Jaden Stockley when he was here earlier in the season. It's probably yeah. been to the detriment of Chad Evans and Emil Roos at times that they've not got that ball to run onto. But here they were. Brown got to the byline, lifted a beautiful ball over. Mm. Ben Whiteman, first goal for North End, ran in right on the money on the header. Yeah, keeper couldn't keep it good, out. Good, got powerful head. He got a hand to it, helped it in. Yeah. But the fact is, I thought it was a good, you know, good flight on the cross, good power on the cross, mm. and a good, powerful header. Yeah. And even from, he was quite a distance out, Whiteman. It wasn't mm. a sort of six yard only, job, yeah, was it? Was it was a couple of yards in the box, it felt yeah. like. Yeah, probably, probably 12 or 13 yards in. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. a right good connection on it. And, you know, as I say, keeper helped it helped it in. But he wasn't going to stop that there. And that was a yeah. really good goal. And then the, I thought they built well from there after that. I thought mm. they, they kept themselves, kept up, you know, kept the ball well, kept kept the ball away from Derby. Derby rallied a little bit towards the end of the first half. I think mm. there were four minutes of stoppage time. Mm. You got a couple of corners Andre Wisdom. Um, yeah, pulled up with a groin. He, yeah. I saw it happen. He, he was, you know, down. He was in the north end box, wasn't he? And he just pulled up with his groins groin and I think he carried on for a minute or two but then he just sat down and he cleared it he, yeah. it had gone from game him. over which is a shame especially because considering what the, the guy's been through I mean he got, got stabbed old. didn't he yeah, all this sort of stuff sort of this time last year yeah. wasn't it well yeah. no it was actually around it was around the restart North End played Derby in the restart yeah and he, he was he was missing wasn't he it yeah. was just it was just before that yeah so yeah. Uh, but yeah moved into the second half as we mentioned earlier Derby had a good start to the second yeah. half, I thought. Uh, who was it to bring on the left side? Was it Buchanan on that left side Lee instead of Forsyth? And he looked he looked quite energetic. Young down lad, there, yeah. Didn't he? he gave the penalty away in the Carabao Cup game mm. earlier in the season. And then they brought Waghorn on, mm. um, took Knight off, who's a deep Jason Knight, decent player, I thought, but yeah. didn't do a lot. So they put, and they, they had a good start to that second half, and there was that chance from the corner, and it got headed on, fell to Waghorn at the far post. Yeah. Andrew Hughes, fantastic, threw himself in front of it. Superb block. Yeah. Ball got work back to Edmondson, the, the lad who come on for wisdom, who absolutely levered it. Yeah. And another save from Daniel Everson. Yeah. Uh, great save, dive, pushed it away. And really after that, Derby's, you know, threat went away, I thought, a little bit. It, yeah, maybe maybe for a side down there, you know, 
struggling for form or whatever, it maybe was one of those things where they saw those chances and thought, oh, well, mm-hmm. if we were going to get anything, it would have been that, and that's yeah. that's us for the day. And that's, that, that's the kind of mentality you can get into, whether you mean to or not. It might be subconsciously. But for sides down there, if you can weather those storms and those moments where they think, oh, we should score there, they can just kind of fall away. And that's yeah. what they kind of did, really. But I thought what was key now against... Brentford, when North End got beat 5-0, Frankie McAvoy got some criticism for the substitutions mm-hmm. he made, made that treble substitution change formations, and basically Brentford tore North End a new one after that. But against against Derby on Tuesday night, he brought on Brad Potts for Ben Whiteman. Whiteman got his first North End goal on a high, but yeah. he obviously wanted a little bit more energy in midfield, brought Brad Potts on. Got it. So, and, and I thought Potts helped him turn the momentum back in North End's favour. Yeah. Full of energy, full of running. I know he's got his critics. People don't like his haircut. (laughs) He's not everyone's favourite, but you look at this season as a whole, he's probably going to be in North End's top five performers. Mm. Consistency, five goals. I think he's he's second or third highest goal scorer. And he does bring something. Yeah. Um, and uh, an informed Brad Potts yeah. is such an asset. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. An out of form one's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, some players can be out of form, but still, you know, doesn't seem to affect it that much. Uh, out, out of form, he yeah. looks like he should have been on more park rather yeah. than deep down. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when he's on his game, you know, and uh, peep, I think people need to recognise that a little bit more. What he what what he can bring, and uh, but I thought he just brought some more energy. There was um, within a couple of minutes of him coming on, him and Cunningham mm. closed. Uh, Nathan burned down about 20 30 yards out, yep. won the ball. And I think it was Cunningham slipped it through to Barcaves and yeah, first shot, time shot brought, brought a decent save from the keeper. And then Potts was involved in the second goal. Barcaves and I thought had a good game up front mm. in his fifth different position in the <laughs> last five games. Slipped him, Potts down the side of the box. He sort of he brought a lottery ticket really with his cross, didn't he? he just decided to drive it across goal, yeah. Keeper dived out. It's one of those where you say, if it comes off a defender, it could go yeah. in. The keeper's got to play at it. Yeah. It's one of those percentage sort of crosses. There wasn't really any it? too much support in the box, so we yeah. just decided to sort of put some pace on Whack it, it, see where it would happen. <laughs> yeah. Keeper dived out, pushed it away, and as it was, it gloved nicely straight into the path of uh, Chet Evans mm. and just cushion volleyed it in, you know. He took it well, you know. I he thought did. it was a really good strike, yeah. to be fair. I mean, if a keeper's there, he's not saving it, all that sort of stuff. But mm. I thought... He, he struck it really well. He looks. I mean, we've it was on the, the volley, wasn't looks, it? Yeah, he looks really sharp. He looks. He looks dead at it. Mm. And and you know, even the way he, he just walks off after he scored, it was just like a man who knows. He knows he's at it at the moment. Yeah, and no, he finished it really nicely. For at the time, I just thought, yeah, he's drilled it in. And I watched the replay again after the game. I thought, oh, he's right on the volley. That mm. he still had some work to do with it. Yeah, under a bit of pressure as well. Yeah, in the centre half. So but that was a nice one. And then, and then the third goal, eighty-eight minutes. That was a uh, yeah. I've got the free kick out <laughs> on the wing. Yeah. Ryan led some right footage from the left, and he, terrible he just, delivery. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think he was gonna hit it low, but. I think the fact Brown jumped over it in the box, mm. didn't he, to dummy it. Yeah. And about three or four other players could have got a touch on it, but it just went straight through. And yeah. It's one of those ones, again, you buy the prize, you buy the ticket, don't yeah. you? Probably had North End been, had that been nil-nil in the 88th minute, mm. you would have, Ledson might have been tempted to lift it high, just go for the big man in the box. I think, well, I don't know if he missed it or not, but mm. he... It stayed low, and it's it probably, was probably one the, as a Derby fan that, that those will go against yeah. you. It was a night. It, it was a kind of goal that on the night Preston were going to score on another day. They, yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't have scored it at Stoke. Yeah, 
But Ledson's first goal at North End, that at, at, at Deepdale, Deepdale. Yeah, yeah, because he scored at Rotherham earlier in the season, but one yeah. here. And I think Ledson, as we discussed last week, he's been my player of the year yeah. on the basis that he's been here longer than Everson. Yeah, Everson, um, you know, <laughs> either or for us, but you know, if I, I'll, I'll maybe, maybe just for the fact that Ledson's been here all season and has. Yeah. Contributed, a bit and I think more, yeah. we, we missed him more when yeah. he was out. It was, it was noticeable when he was out, yeah. which is credit to him as well. But it was nice to see him on the score sheet, three 0 mm. It looks good, doesn't it? Is that mm. one of the biggest, probably one of the biggest home wins this season? Margins, uh, biggest margins, probably. isn't it? Yeah, score four at Brentford, but it was four two. We won three nil at Reading, three yeah. nil at home to Huddersfield. So yeah, so probably, probably, I don't think there's been a four nil, has there? So no, it'll be, it'll be, yeah. Be the best. Yeah, uh, I, I will. I will, I will update. Sheet, yeah. The clean sheet is important, though. Yeah, and, and I think as well. Two on the bounce. Worth saying sheets, as well yeah. that there was a change in the defence as well, and yeah. they still kept the clean sheet. Lim Lindsay obviously came back in. Um, who dropped out? Uh, it was Emil Reese. Right. Oh, Reese. Yeah, Reece Barkhazen. dropped out. Bark, um, set yeah. went to right wing back, and Barkhazen yeah. got moved up front. You don't see that too often, do you? The wing back being moved up front. I know. <laughs> I know. But that's Tom Barkhazen for you. Shows yeah, exactly. how adaptable he is. Pat on the yeah. back for him. There. How, oh, how much of a willing runner he is as well. I thought the defence was far better for having Lindsay in it. I mm. thought at Stoke, uh, I thought Vandenberg and Hughes were very good. Mm but they'd shove Story into the middle to take Lindsay's place, who couldn't face his parent club. And just on the day, I thought Story was so shaky and hesitant with his distribution, especially misjudging stuff, moving Story back out to the right-hand side of the mm. three, where Sepp had played on, on Saturday on Tuesday night. I thought, much better. Probably a bit unfortunate for Sepp that he gets this one game in his, in his natural position, plays really well, and then ah, you back out there. But it's, it's more... A compliment of how well he'd been playing at, at, yeah. at wing back that mm. you know yeah. more than happy to have him out there again. Seth Vandenberg, he's what 19, mm. he'd played three cup, three or four cup games for Liverpool, so he might he's come out here, he might not be playing in his natural position, but he's getting a run of championship football, yeah. which he's built next bit competitive football. What well, I think that was probably, I think that was a dozen starts for him now, plus one off the bench. Yeah. And if he carries on, he'll go back to Liverpool in the summer with a decent number of games under his belt. And yeah. Picked up a hell of a lot of experience. Yeah. It's not great playing in a team which is struggling, but I suppose you see that other side of it, don't and you? And whether he comes back next season, which is yeah. probably a discussion for maybe an end of yeah. season yeah. pod and things like that. I think like there's, that, a, there's a chance of it, because I know Preston have got first choice, mm. first dibs on him, should Liverpool want to loan him out. Which and it's I hard to see why they wouldn't want, no. want him back. I know the terms are a little bit different this time, because I think getting with getting him as part of the Ben Davis deal it was very advantageous in North End. Uh, ben Davies? Who's that? Th- th- that well, would, you some, wouldn't know. Some bloke who sits on the bench at Liverpool. Yeah. That's for another day. But yeah. I think the terms are very advantageous for North End during this half of the season. I think if they were to get him back on loan next season, there'd be a few more. They'd have probably have to pay more yeah. towards his And wages. Liverpool can be quite dictating, can't they, in, in their... The use of their yeah. player or how much they get yeah. used. And I all think this. there's been a little bit of that this year. I think the... North End getting first dibs on him did depend on at least using him sometimes. If he's mm. been sat on the bench all the way through, maybe like Malumbi is at the moment. Mm. Or Gordon. Yeah, there wouldn't be much of a chance of um, getting him back. You know, that might have broken the terms almost. But they have played him. Yes, they've not played him as a centre-half, but they've given him a dozen championship games. Mm. So, a yeah. lot more experience. And, and supposedly... 
he's enjoying it and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So it, mm. surely it's all the better for him. Exactly. We just mentioned, you mentioned there Anthony Gordon in, on the side. Mm. Quite a lot of debate around him that he's not been cut. This second game running, he's not come off the bench. Mm. Now, I think the switch to 3-5-2 mm-hmm. means that you're not going to see him as a wing. Some wingers can play as a wing back. Yep. But you wouldn't want to see Anthony Gordon play as a wing back. That's not his cup of tea. He's, a, he's an attacking attacker, really. Yeah. So um, Tom Barkay's or someone like the that can play. Style, yeah. isn't he? I know we played Scott Sinclair as a, a wing back a couple of times, but that, again, that's not really. His he's cup had a of long tea. time in Alex Neal's system yeah. where, as a winger, there you yeah. have to get right back. Yeah. So it's not so, a world uh, yeah. away. So at the moment, that that curtails his use on mm. uh, from wide areas. So your position for Gordon at the moment is either going to be just be as the attacking midfielder behind the front yeah. two or actually in the front two. They brought him on against Brentford to play in a narrow three, which mm. didn't work. Yeah. Um, and all, uh, there's quite a bit of, sort of social media sort of chat about it after the Stoke game, especially. So this is not the sort of game where you could be bringing Gordon on. Perhaps it was one that. But you can also see the options for where you're going to play him and narrowing, aren't they? You know, mm. so which is a shame because he yeah. he's obviously a talented lad. Mm. But if you can get him in that orthodox left wing position, yeah. if you were playing, it could a f- be great. If you were playing the sort of four-two-three-one yeah. like they were doing earlier in the season, he fits perfectly into yeah. that. But not in not in the wing back position. You're going to have to play him more centrally. Yeah. And I think I think I think it was what he came on at Cardiff. I know we got beat four 0 and it was a terrible game, but. Mm. He actually made a real good impact in that. They played him narrower in that one, played him sort of more off the front, mm. and he won the penalty, and he was a lot more... That That's probably the sort of type of role yeah, where he could fit in now. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but at the moment, there's others ahead of him. You think the midfield at the moment, you got Whiteman in there, you got Ryan Ledson are starting to build a partnership again. Brown's coming, I thought he was very good last night. So DJ. yeah, then you got DJ to come back when he, you know, you're not gonna, you probably wouldn't start Gordon as a second striker at the moment because he's playing very much a front two, isn't he? Mm. Like Barkhausen was right yeah. up with Jed Evans. It's more Emil of five, three, been, two. Yeah, yeah. yeah than, so, a, than a five two one two yeah, or something. Yeah. You're that getting sort of complicated thing. here. Tom, yeah, that's, that's as, just as a man, yeah. a man off them. Yeah, it's 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 more a, a, a more flat three at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, where uh, you know, I, I think. As well, he's probably just not big enough, old enough, mm. strong enough to, to play too centrally yet. I think mm. that space out on that left wing where you can get the gap between the fullback yeah. and the midfield or the wing or whoever else just suits him perfectly where he can get up ahead of steam and he can start mm. weighing things up and trying to commit people. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing him though again. We've got three games left. Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing him at some point, maybe, you know, coming off the bench or even a start or something, you know, yeah. like that's, that's the next one. What, what do you do now? Because... I think just before we came on air, as we started <laughs> yeah. recording this, he, we, we had a hurried look at the table, and I think you worked it out that bar best. goal difference, yeah. the offender mathematically. The best, the best that anyone... Uh, the, well, so Rotherham have got a billion games in hand. So they are go, play, we're recording this Wednesday, Wednesday lunchtime. Yes. Rotherham are playing tonight, so bear so, that in mind. At, so at the but, moment, they have six games left, mm-hmm. which is uh, three in hand on PE. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Derby, who are 21st, yeah. um, they can only get nine points, which puts them on 52, which is yeah. what PE have. Yeah. So, North End aren't going to go down. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be two clubs who are going to climb up 
climb above everyone else and apart yeah. from uh, apart from North End. If Rotherham get out of the bottom three, they're going to overtake Derby. Yeah. If Chef Wednesday do, they're going to climb above Rotherham and Ben yeah, climb like above seven Derby. Seven teams between PNE yeah, and the relegation zone. So Key game at the end of the season, Chef Wednesday and Derby, last game of the season. Ooh, yeah. that could be a biggie. Yep, yeah. Definitely, and what Derby have got uh, Birmingham as well. Yeah, who are who are right in the right in there as well. The, the, I, yeah. think, I, th- I think Birmingham are near enough safe. Safe, I think Lee Bowyer's appointment there just came just at the right time mm. for them. I think if if they kept Karanka in there, they they'd be down. Yeah, they looked they look they, they look, look like what Derby are now. Yeah, one really. yeah, but I think Lee, you know Lee Bowyer going in there has been an absolute masterstroke. Yeah, them. yeah, well done. done a very good job. Yeah, but we'll go on to and as you were mentioning about seeing different players. Mm-hmm. Coventry coming up at the weekend would you change things I don't know because we've got this balance now to strike Tom oh mm. yes we're safe mm. near, you know or but yeah. thing but what do you what do you want to do over the last three games experiment mm. or build some get some more points and build a little bit of momentum for next year so it's a bit of a balancing act I'd like to see a little bit of change maybe at times maybe with substitutions even, if you're going to limit it to that. But yeah. as I say, I wouldn't mind seeing Gordon at some point. Yeah, go back to the old, the, the, the classic of the lesser spotted Tom Bayless, Bayless whether yeah. he could get a run out. Go and play him against his old club on, yeah. uh, on Saturday. That might be a nice one because we got to the end of last season in July and Bayless came on as a sub at Bristol City and we all thought last game yeah. of the season introducing him into the team a bit more this could be the start of things to come and this season's just been the same as last for the yeah. poor lad. Yeah. So... I don't know, you know, it would be nice to see one or two other faces, but the lads who have done well recently, surely they're saying it doesn't matter that the, the, the mantra should be always, there's no win, free games, yeah. you win, you go yeah. out to win. And if they're thinking, well, I started last game, I've, I've done well, I did what the managers asked me, yeah. I want to stay in that team. It doesn't matter that there's not a lot riding on it, sort of position-wise or going up or down, but... I want to play professional football and I've I've kept my place. At any mm. other time in the season, mm. you'd keep your place in that team because you've just beaten Derby 3-0. Could someone turn around and thought, oh, I really joined myself. Could you leave Ryan Ledson out of that team? Yeah. Could you leave Ben, ben Whiteman, Whiteman just after scoring, scoring his first goal? First goal? Yeah. Could you leave Chad Evans out? Because not? No. a lot of it is that sort of area, isn't it? It's mm. Tom Bayliss, Jason Malumby, Anthony Gordon. They're probably midfield, midfield-ish yeah. areas. Well, the midfield, the midfield's packed, isn't it? Yeah. It's got... A lot of and that's that and that's squad, not yeah. giving DJ any game time. Fresh off the back of this contract, where he's he's not played too much, not found form. Mm. Do you want to try and get some minutes and maybe a little bit of rhythm yeah. before the break? Mm. And um, think of it from Frankie McAvoy's point of view. Yeah, he's got to do as best as he can, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's never come out and said it. I do or I don't want this job. Mm-hmm. I get the impression he does. Or mm. the people who thought. He will just sit tight and wait till Alex Neal gets another job. I don't think that's the case. I, I think, think I think he may have thought that, but I think yeah. he might have a taste for it, it now. I think he thought that when he was originally offered it because yeah. he admitted, "I gave it some thought." He didn't just do the old "it's a no-brainer, I'm taking it." Yeah. He went away and had a good afternoon and evening to think about it, and then came back the next morning and said, "Yeah, I'll have a go at it." But as you say, I think he's got a taste for it. Mm. Two wins, two draws, and a defeat—a big defeat, it mm. must be said but probably a game which got away from him in the final stages, but a defeat. Yeah, almost, almost a defeat with yeah. maybe an, maybe an asterisk. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit generous, but... Yeah. But, yeah. but McAvoy will be thinking, well, if he does want the job and 
the hints in the press conferences is starting to lean a little bit more into that. Mm. I'm enjoying it. The the owner knows what I can do. Peter Risdale yeah. knows yeah, what yeah. I can do. He's buttering him up. It's just started <laughs> to lean that way. And so if, if you were Frankie McIlroy, you're thinking, in these last three games, do I go and experiment or do mm. I get myself a couple more yeah. wins? Put my strongest, t- what I think is the strongest team out and get a couple more wins. He's settled on a 3 5 2. He's not going to change away from that. Yep. And I totally agree with him. So, in McAvoy's mind, he might be thinking, if I've got a chance for this job, I fa- you know, I've got a, a formation which works. Mm-hmm. I've got people who work in that formation. I need a couple more wins to persuade. Because if he went and experimented over the last three games and they took one point or didn't take anything out of him, you're heading into the summer on a bit of a downer and he's heading into his job application on a bit of a a downer. So he might be tempted to think, I might change one or two things, but not a lot. Yeah, eight eight points out of a possible 15 so far is a very decent return for a team that was struggling so much. And when you consider the opposition, when you've got the the runaway league leaders who are about to be crowned champions, Swansea who are right up there, Brentford who are right up there, you know that that's a good return so far. I'd say say he he goes for it these last three games and gets another nine points. Mm-hmm. That's a very very strong application. Whereas mm-hmm. he's thinking, do I give Tom Bayliss an hour? Do I give Anthony Gordon a bit in case he comes back on loan next season? Even though if I get the job, I'm probably not going to play a winger. Do I give Jason Mullumby game time? Even though he's fifth sixth choice midfielder and isn't contracted to the club. Or do I go and try and get more wins and try and get myself this job? And and then the summer is where things begin. And mm-hmm. you need to get through this, put my best foot forward and see what happens after this. Because as well, he suits what seemingly PNE want to do in that he's willing to be a first-team uh, uh, um, coach. first-team coach, head coach. Head coach rather yeah. than a manager, yeah. Yeah, and so he ticks he ticks boxes, and I think he needs a lot of credit for the fact that he was part of an old regime mm-hmm. and has still managed to breathe new life into it and mm-hmm. and, and, and pick these players up because sometimes you see that they just go to the coach and it, it, it's more of the same. He's part of the old the old setup, And I, I would not begrudge him doing doing his doing his best putting out his best team I think even even if he was rotating I don't know if I'd rather see Tom Bayless get an hour and PNE lose 2-1 in a game that they probably would win if they played the best team I don't know if I'd want that no, I, I think I'd, I think I'd ra- rather see them play the best the and, moment, and, yeah. and and win games so I think we've seen um, almost not a ruthless streak that's probably the wrong word Tom but in his team selection recently his sub-selection he got Louis Moult back on the bench at Swansea, mm. had him on again against Brentford the game after. But when Maguire was fit at Stoke, he, it was, sorry, Louis, yep. Sean Maguire's more match ready than you. Yep. And that was Louis Moult's hometown and his club and everything. He could have been the romantic there and said, I'll squeeze you on the bench. And again, on, 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 on Tuesday night, he didn't have him on the bench, and Billy Bowden, Billy dropped, Bowden out. dropped out as After well. After all his coming yeah. back from injury and all that sort of stuff, yeah, so not got long left on his contract. So I think he's shown he, he is prepared to make those decisions. It would be nice someone like Louis Malt if he could get a little bit of game time. Mm. So I don't know what's going to happen with Malt. He's out of contract. You'd say it's leaning towards him not getting a number one, yeah. but having North End having work to get him fit. 
and if he wanted to go and get himself a new club in the summer, mm. if he had a, an hour under his belt, or at least to get out on that pitch and say to another club, look, I've trained for the last month and a half, I've featured in a game or two, yeah. that's great for him. You yeah. know, and, you know, but, but my, one, my one thing with um, the whole uh, rotate, play best, whatever, my one thing, let Galley play one more okay. time. I don't care who it's against, whatever. Yeah. Even if say it's Barnsley last home game, mm. let him start. Let him be captain. I don't care how long he lasts, because yeah. it, it it's probably going to be his last game. Well, the thing is, what I do if I, I, I get the impression, I don't know. I don't. Whatever happens with the managerial job, if Frankie McAvoy got it, gets it, the staff stay there, and mm-hmm. I get the impression that even if they brought in an outside manager from the outside, I think Frankie would be offered the chance to stay on. Mm-hmm. And I think Galley will be, and I think Steve Thompson will be. Now, obviously, Galley's coming to the end of his playing contract, but I'm sure if you want to keep him on the coaching staff, they could negotiate a deal with him where he, they could still register him as a player. Yeah, And I think it would be to keep around next year on the basis of what he's like at the moment. You know, he, he's there as a coach under Frankie McAvoy, but if they need him on the pitch, they need him on the pitch. Because you look at him... He, He's still fit. Yeah. He can still move around the pitch. He's, he's not slow. Mm. Uh, so I don't think having him on a playing contract next year, as long you know, you might. Yeah, you are. You've got a twenty-five man squad, but you should be able to sort of find mm. a little bit of space for him. And even if it's just coming, out, I think uh, you know, if Galli is to hang up his boots at some point, I'd love it that his last game was actually in front of some fans. Yeah. It's a bit hollow. Yeah, I'd love him to see him back on the pitch against Barnsley, but there'll be no one in. Yeah, yeah. So, but that, that's yeah. it. If if he is going to, if yeah. he is going to call it a date, mm. I would just want to see him again. Yeah. See one one more time. He yeah. deserves it. Yeah. It, it, obviously, nice, it's not that, ideal. Yeah. No fans. But yeah. what do you think? A friendly, a Even testimonial a friend, well, sort of thing. Yeah, it's not a testimonial. Pre-season friendly. Yeah. Now the, the inference is fans will be back in over yeah. the summer. So a, a decent game at Deepdale against yeah. a good opposition. That that might be a thing, but I don't, I don't think you know, you look at quite sentimental Gally. that isn't it? Yeah. But you look at Galley; he's not the sort of player who's struggling to get you know his knees have uh, his knees yeah. are still intact. He's he's not struggling with an injury. Mm-hmm. He's probably a big part st- of his game is pinging a forty yarder, and he can yeah. still do that. He's so still, yeah, he can still do it. You know. So yeah. anyway, that's that's one for the yeah. And we should probably talk about Coventry. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're they're still trying to make sure they're in the division. I mean, again. Mm-hmm. Probably safe, not yeah. mathematically. They probably need another point or two, don't they? Yeah, won the last two. Mm-hmm. Still got it all to play for. So there, there's going to be a bit of fight to the game. Yeah, good um, side. To yeah. be fair, I saw when, when they played at Deepdale in December between Christmas and New Year, North End beat them 2-0, but they moved the ball around mm. really well. They played this sort of 3-5-1-1 system. It's, uh, Would you take it, Mark Robbins, as North End manager? Done all right at Coventry Done with very okay. little money. Yeah, you know, manage it. Back to back promotions, was it? There's others I'd rather have, I think. Mm. But no, he's done okay. Yeah. Done okay, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I just thought I'd put it out there because I think he's he's done a very good job at, at mm. Coventry. And uh, again, as well, if he keeps it, I think it was back to back promotions to get them here. Yeah. And then to keep them in the championship. Well, I think that's some a, achievement yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. And. Um, mm. Like I say, they don't spend a lot of money. They've played at Birmingham all but yeah, season, well, last, they? last season as yeah. well, yeah. They They're had that bizarre thing. They played Birmingham in the FA Cup <laughs> last year. And the, uh, I think, uh, 
went to a replay, so they each had a sort of technically a home game each. Didn't yeah, they? yeah at, the same, at, at the same they, they had the um, yeah. Birmingham fans in the way end, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Um, Not the first time Preston have played two teams on the same, uh, two same, separate teams, the same ground, and the same ground in the season because I think they played Wimbledon and Crystal Palace when they ground shared at oh, Sellers right. Park in the sort of Kellen Mohanlon when he was in charge around yeah. then, you know, the end of the Moyes era start, you know, and when Kellen was in charge. And I think, well, there was, there was one game in 94 as well. North End played when they changed the pitch, you know, ripped up the plastic pitch and put the grass down. The first few games of the season, they either switched the league games away, or they had, they, they, but they got drawn at home in the, well, it was two-legged in the, in the what is the League Cup, the Carabao Cup now. They played yeah. against Stockport, I think it was, and they actually played the home leg of that at Berry. Okay. So I think that season they might have played Berry in the league as well. So yeah. so so it's not completely unique this. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, the um, they, they've got some they've got some good players in there. I think that that um, Gustavo Harmer, well, who he, he looked he, very good at deep there. I thought he's yeah. tidy, little guy, he? wasn't he? Yeah, and he's like he's like he's sort of uh, he's um. Where is he actually from? Because I was going to say he reminds me of um, do you remember Guy Medell at, at uh, Cardiff. They spent mm-hmm. a lot of money on him. He was like their record signing. I think he's um, uh, Coventry's record signing. Mm-hmm. And he was just like that kind of terrier type in front of the back line. But I think that, I think Harmer's got quite a quite good technical ability to match as well. And he's got five goals from this season. He's one of the top scorers. Yeah. Uh, despite being probably... Uh, the idea was to be that sort of holding midfielder. But... They've got they've got a few decent plays in there. Matt, Matt Godden is yeah. their top scorer with six, mm-hmm. and you know he's quite a steady in a way striker. He'll you know I mean shows, not got a lot yeah. of goals, but when your top scorer has got six, that shows wider down there. It's yeah, like North End top scorer is nine. That's why we're, yeah we're in that sort of bracket as well. Yeah, but like you say, they've got that the formation they like to play around, and it could be could be a, an interesting game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The pressure's off a little bit. Yeah, as they go there. You know, let's try and get you know another set of three points. It's worth saying as well that Coventry actually played tonight as we record this on uh, on Wednesday night. So yeah. I say they've won the last two. That might change. Yeah. Or well, it will change. Mm, well, it might not. But it's it's liable to change. Yeah. <laughs> when, change. When, yeah. when we're recording. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm wrong about that, then uh, there is apologies. But right, that's that's the North End stuff. Should we get into the 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 end of football as we know it? The ESL. Our the chance. ESL, our chance to have yeah. a, a talk about it. It's slightly away from PNE stuff, and I don't know how much necessarily it was ever going to impact PNE as such. But for anyone that's been under a rock this week, um, the so-called big six in the in the Premier League: uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, City, United, Liverpool, Tottenham all decided they were joining a European Super League with six other clubs from around Europe, which I think was AC Milan into Milan, Juventus, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid. They were going to go start their own European Super League um, because they didn't like the reform that was coming with the Champions League. They thought the Champions League was going stale and uh, essentially it was being bankrolled by a bank. Um, And that was the idea, I think. Florentino Perez, the chairman of Real Madrid, was going to be the the head of it all with... um, is it Agnelli, the the president Juventus. of Juventus, who was involved in it? Joe um, Glazer at Man United. Was yeah, one of the, he. Yeah. They signed the initial thing. It was like quotes from Joel Glazer and a few others. Um, I think Stan Kroenker might have put his name to something. Mm. Uh, but essentially, it was just. Uh, I mean, everyone took it as a huge affront to football. No one could get relegated. They were all invited in. Um, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Porto, 
Um, may have been another. PSG, there was, PSG turned it down. Yeah, they, they were all invited and they turned it down. Um, like I say, there was no relegation, so no. just turn up, do your thing and take loads of money. And obviously everyone said, what are you thinking? Yeah, People it, power turned this. Yeah. People power turned it. The fans... I didn't think it would, though. No, I no. did. Fans, pundits, players, yeah. other clubs, everyone objected to it. Normally, some of these ideas, you... It's not a 50-50 split, but you might get a 60-40. This you is get some m- going, mm, I can yeah. kind of understand it. You know, but there's none of it. It was, but the, the objection to it was huge. And the objection to it, Tom, the major thing, the major cock-up, if I can say that on a podcast, oh, yeah. by, we'll allow it. By, this, by this little group of clubs and this little group of chairmen, they were in an echo chamber somewhere. Yeah. They were sitting around the table, about talking about nothing but money, nodding their heads didn't consult with anyone and they just thought what a good idea this is and then they just came out there they leaked the story Sunday afternoon he said it might happen and then it became official I think it was half 11 our time on Sunday night yeah like, you got yeah. the press release soon. I looked at it. And I, I thought, got it. I got a press release. I was, yeah. I was surprised. I did yeah. as well. I was like, yeah. I was like, this can't be real. I was like, this has to be a joke. And I yeah. looked it was like quotes from Florentino Perez. I was like, really? Yeah. To yeah. me? And then it but, went out, and yeah. that was it. I was like, oh my but god. But this group of clubs who has no, no concept of, oh, I don't know, beyond the bank balance, suddenly decided this would be a good idea, and what totally turned everyone fo- football. Is a business. I know that people they're gonna chase money. They're always gonna try and be coming up with schemes <laughs> to improve the revenue schemes. But what what did it for him was this closed shop, <clears throat> fifteen teams, cozy little setup. Yep. Every season, Juventus versus Man United, Real Madrid versus Liverpool. It yep. would just get boring <clears throat> and boring. And how sport, how professional sport, or any kind of sport wouldn't rely on winning and losing. Yeah, on competition. On competition. That's, it was ridiculous. It's, it, yeah. Fair enough, someone would win it at the end of every season. But if you had a bit of a bad season, shrug your shoulders, let's start again. Doesn't matter yeah. that you lose. Five clubs invited yeah. on a, on an annual basis. Who cares ju- if you lose, you just made a billion pounds. Yeah. <laughs> absolute, absolute nonsense. Like yeah. putting the same two finalists at Wimbledon every year. Yeah. The same, uh, the same two teams in the... Uh, in the Oxford Cambridge Bowl race. No, no, that's <laughs> yeah. a bit different. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean. It was, it, it, it just blew the f- blew the thinking of professional sport yeah. of any you know it's literally professional like sport, amateur sport, any kind of sport. It blew it out of the window. It's like they're all sat around in the pub and they've gone, "Hey, that's a good idea." That, and they've all gone, "Yeah, it is." Like and they just bounced it off each other. They've yeah. gone home and they've, and someone's gone, "No, you're joking." Like that's a shocking idea. Like, yeah. Well, everyone at the pub thought it was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, n- no, for, just for so called look it's beyond your nose. Intelligent like, people, intelligent yeah. businessmen, they're absolutely rotten. Yeah. And the thing is, it's all right from coming out now to say we listen to your fans and we, well, you didn't listen in the first place. Nope. They only listened to the storm. They've only, it's taken them long enough to say sorry. Jurgen Klopp was quoted on this in 2019. Yeah. So it's been yeah. around long enough and it, it not had support. And they, they hung their managers out to dry talking about mm-hmm. Klopp. Liverpool had a game on Monday night at Leeds. So Klopp had to come out before the game mm. on the little Sky interview. And then he had to sit in the press conference afterwards and try and... He, 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 he said he still objected to it, but he couldn't be that forceful with his words. Yeah. 
Guardiola, Guardiola Man City did had, well, to, to be fair. had to do a press conference Tuesday lunchtime and mm. he was magnificent in it. I think his words started to blow it out of the water mm. and he came out and said it's not a competition. And when you, when one of your top managers is saying yeah. that... It's kind of you start... It was the first sort of string seeing yeah. it unravel because but, he spoke so strongly yeah. on it. But the, but all the owners just, as I say, hung the managers yeah. out to dry. What are they meant to say? Yeah. It was being rumoured when after Man United's game against Burnley on Sunday afternoon. So Solskjaer had to very uncomfortably answer some questions. All, all the while, while they're in the dark anyway. Yeah, while these owners just sat back and let it happen. Now, it's all right for them coming out with apologies on Wednesday morning and everything, but they've, they've, the, the damage has been done. Yeah. And now they're all saying, well, it was just a bit of an idea. We're sorry, <laughs> we, we, we yeah. underestimated you. Let's go back to normal. They started this. They started yeah. this. They... They started the fight. They mm. chuck the hand grenade in. Mm. Now, is it okay? Oh, it's all right. It's finished in two days. Yeah, let's go back to normal. I think there's got to be consequences. Oh, absolutely. They were happy if they'd had the way. If there'd not been all this fuss, they could have resigned from the leagues at the end mm. of this season. They could be setting up this new season as early as next season. Probably not. But yeah, maybe no, the that's what they wanted. Well, August. Yeah, August. Fair enough. Now they were ha- forty-eight hours ago. They were happy to do that. Mm. There has to be consequences. Yeah, it's like I think you put on Twitter, Tom, where the consequences for club owners mm. in the past in the EFL in the Premier League acting irresponsibly, mm-hmm. i.e., overspending and going into administration, or having a bet if you're yeah, Wigan. Yeah, that has cost the clubs. Mm. Divisions it's and the fans and cost them a few. In everyone Berry, associated. In Berry's case, it cost them a club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive consequences for that. There's no way these six clubs should be allowed to get away with it scot free. Mm. Now it's not. I know Jurgen Klopp when he was talking about it, he was try, quite rightly he was trying to differentiate. Look, this has come from the ownership, mm. and obviously, yeah, the ownership encompasses a club, but it, it's, it's hard on the manager. It's hard on the players. And it's bloody hard on the fans, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Now, punishing the owners will be punishing the club, but something might it has to happen. And it can't be because if there's no deterrent, mm. we could be getting this next year or in two years down the line or in five years' time. Whoever the big six are in five years' time, they might decide we'll do it again. Yeah. Last lot tried it in 2021. There was a bit of a storm but people soon forgot about it. Yeah, so we're trying again. I think there's got to be sanctions. Yeah, I mean, it, how, how the, the problem they've got is the precedent has been set for me yeah. is that it doesn't matter who's, who's made the problems. If you break the rules, yeah. the club is, is what pays for it. So, for example, Wigan lost half the squad and yeah. finished 13th last season. Now they're just about potentially staying in League One. Yeah. Where was the... Oh, these players don't deserve it. Last year, why is it now? Because I mean, my I, I'm I, my first thought during all of this when they were saying that people can't go to Euros and stuff. My first thought was, imagine because uh, at the time I don't I don't think I don't know if City had been knocked out of the FA Cup or not. But I was thinking like these City players are on the verge of of history mm. and could be getting kicked out of the competitions for no fault of their own, and that is unfair. It's the same thing with Wigan last year, yet it didn't matter. Mm. Wigan, Wigan still paid the price. Wigan's players still paid the price. All these players had to find new clubs, uproot yeah. the family, this, that, and the other. All the stuff that had to happen. Mm. All the people that have lost jobs at these clubs been made redundant. All yeah. this sort of stuff because of owners. So why is it when owners 
And the thing is, it's not like these players are going to be penalised financially. It's not like they're going to lose everything. They're just not going to be able to compete at the same level. Mm. And they will be back there probably in 12 months' time. Say you ban them from European competitions for a year or whatever it might be, even something as small as that. They will be back there. Mm. Players and people have lost way, way more in a much more sort of life and death scenario than these people on £300,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Yet there is apparently sympathy there for them. And the problem I've got is that the precedent has been set. Mm-hmm. You can't penalise an entire club, an entire fan base, all the players and people involved at League One level or at Championship level or whatever, and then the absolute elite where they get absolutely everything on a plate mm-hmm. get off absolutely fine. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, and, and, and UEFA are saying, oh, we appreciate them stepping down and we look forward to welcoming them back to the, to UEFA and all this sort of stuff. That's like being stabbed and then thanking the person from taking it out of your gut. Like, yeah. th- they've done the damage. They've they've tried to break up the entire sport and 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 do this coup on it, the whole establishment of, of football, yet because they've gone, ah, oh, God, everyone's a bit angry. Mm. Never mind. You go, oh, thanks. Well, I appreciate they've, that. They've not abandoned this idea as a, a good world gesture and, yeah. and had second thoughts about yeah. it. They've only done it because of the level of opposition that mm. has been thrown at them. Yeah. And they, they totally underestimated it or didn't even want to, didn't even think it was worthy of consideration what people might think. It'd have been a different story if Sky were the planned broadcasters, though, I'll say that well, much. I've, I've got to say, they, they they quickly distanced themselves from this, didn't they? Mm. But, uh, they? They must have known they weren't in the running for it mm. because straight away they were on it. And I know a lot of people have said, well, you were able to jump onto it when the Premier League was formed in 1992, you know, before football started. You yeah, know? yeah, because so, yeah, football yeah, didn't football exist. Football didn't exist, obviously, before 1992, <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I just don't. There has to be some kind of deterrent to mm. stop this from. If the what if, if in the future there is going to be any kind of breakup, it's got to be done properly. Properly, and if it does, teams have to be out. If if they want to walk away, let them go, and just will carry on without them, sort of thing. Yeah. But they can't just be allowed to test the water and nah, no, it's not worth this time. Let's come back into it. They can't keep doing this. They've yeah. got to. They've got to be deterred from doing it. You know, yeah. they've got to know that. If they try and break away again, and it fails again, there's got to they know that there's going to be a points deduction or, or whatever. I, find and I, I don't see the point in fining them either because oh it's no. not, you know, that's a slap on the wrist. City, who were getting done for financial fair play, had said I would they would rather pay thirty million pounds in lawyers' fees mm. than pay the fine to UEFA. Like yeah. that's that's what money is like to these people. It's yeah. it's as much about power and mm-hmm. and and the way that an appearance yeah. than it is about about yeah. the money and that's why city would would rather do that but i don't understand how they think mm-hmm. playing each other every season playing every single major team every season is what people want I know. like I, say the the liverpool barcelona game w- when liverpool went on to win the champions league how amazing that game was and all that sort of stuff as soon as that draw is made, you're then looking, oh, when was the last time Liverpool played Barcelona? What happened then? Last because season, it's not, the season before. Uh, yeah. the season, but, you know, five years down the line. Yeah, exactly. Played them every year for the last five years. You're looking back yeah. at, at what it was. I was. I remember, was it um, Bellamy scored at Camp Nou and did the, the golf, golf swing set, celebration, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And that that is like stands out because 
it's not every year. Mm. These occasions are occasions for that reason. And it's like, oh, Ronaldo and Messi, if they ever play each other. And that's part of the sort of um, the magic of those two is that they, they rarely play each other in, in like these big stages. Obviously, they're in the same league, but on these big stages when they're trying to, you know, Ronaldo's got however many Champions League and they try to judge them on that. It's almost luck of the draw to see if you can get these these moments that, that matter so much. And if it's happening every year, it just completely dilutes it. It's ridiculous. It enough. just doesn't make sense to well, me. It's like, it's, uh, any support from the fans has been minimal for the absolute minute for this for that proposal i was i was astounded i saw some poll where it was a, a massive 79 percent were against it now i thought it would have been even higher yeah. than that now there's obviously one or two balloons who, who, i feel who, like a lot of foreign foreign yeah, based fans well, are, are more in favor i did notice that it was um one of the national news either bbc or itv they tracked down an Inter Milan fan to China. Now, that that's obviously one of the big markets where mm. this was going to be aimed at the overseas broadcasters. Yeah. Middle East and Asia and yeah, stuff like that. And America, obviously, well, yeah. that's where it, you know, probably probably this had its origins. But the in this country, especially and on social media, finding any kind of support was difficult. Although there was one guy on Talksport who phoned in a Liverpool fan defending it. Now Talksport does attract some mm. not against <laughs> Talksport. There's some very good stuff on it. Simon Jordan, I think he's one of the best presenters going. Mm. But they do attract one or two <laughs> callers who are odd to say the least. And there's, there's this Liverpool fan, and whether he's genuine or not, he was going on. He said, "I'm happy with this. I'd r- I don't want to be going to Spartak Moscow to watch the Reds. I want to be going to Real Madrid every season." Now you've got to earn that, have you? got to earn that right. Yeah. You've got to earn that right by. By winning, you know, you can't pick and choose. Oh, we, yeah, I'd like to play Real Madrid. It's a great city to go to. The yeah. whole idea of being in Europe is like, if you get there, it's a bit of an adventure. Yeah. Go and enjoy it. Go and have a look at some different places. It's that massive trick to Spartak yeah. that yeah. makes, the, makes the nice journey yeah. to Madrid if what it is. If you've qualified, you earn that right to qualify with, with your results, mm-hmm. then, you know, let's go and have an adventure with it. It's like, Oh yeah, we've got to Madrid every year. They'll soon be complaining. They're on nodding terms with the customs officer at, uh, at Madrid Airport. You yeah. know, it's going to be boring from like, why not go to Spartak Moscow? What's wrong with Spartak Moscow? They play in a big stadium. They're in yeah. a huge country. It's like when football fans go to London. They've got the whole, you know, on an away day, North End away day or something. Yep. You've got the whole of the capital to go and explore, to go and find a boozer, to go and have a really good time, and everyone ends up in the same weather spoons put around the corner <laughs> from the ground. It, it's all, you know, there are other pub chains available. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I hasten to add One, ones that don't quite furlough in the same yeah, way. That yeah, but but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like once you've earned that right to go to go and play in Europe, go and enjoy it. Yeah, the whole adventure is you might get drawn against in group stage against a team from uh, Denmark. You might have to yeah. go to. Azerbaijan or something, but that, that's that's the whole beauty of it. Yeah. If I, if I, I mean if I was in that sort of position, and I was able to go and follow uh, my team in Europe and had the money and all that sort of stuff. It's those I'd think those having are almost money. Bad, yeah, having yeah. money. No, but like you're a journalist, tell I know, we, don't, yeah. we don't have that. But let's not get carried away. <laughs> all, all these it depends what MPs say. MPs think we're on six-figure yeah. salaries and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but like those are like the. Badge of honour for fans, isn't it? Oh, what about this obscure place that I went? Oh, why'd you go there? Well, I went to watch 
They, mm. I'll tell you what, we got beat 2-0 as well. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. You're off there going at these random places. And I mean, we've not even touched on the laughable fact that Tottenham and Arsenal consider themselves to be the elite. Yeah. Arsenal are ninth and Tottenham are seventh. Yeah. Like, just... Tottenham, Arsenal are level on yeah. points with Leeds United, yeah. who are in the first season back in the Premier League, apparently are elite. Tottenham are in there because they've got a nice ground. Yeah. yeah. They are, they are a good size club, don't get me wrong. you know, Because like yeah. they've they're in London as well. Yeah, yeah. They are a, a biggish club, but they're yep. not absolutely elite. Yeah. There are a lot bigger clubs. Over. They're in London and they've got an NFL pitch under their pitch. Yeah, yeah. And that, that'll be a big part of it. I mean, think right. So think about it. Leicester have won the Premier League yeah. more recently than Arsenal yeah. and, and Tottenham. P and, P and, e, and P and E have won the title the same number of times yeah. as Tottenham. And don't get me started on people going on, well, Preston won it in Victorian times. Spurs last won it in 1961. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Beatles hadn't even started by then. <laughs> but like Leicester, right? So Leicester have been in European competition recently as well, yeah. and because, I, in my opinion, because they're in Leicester, yeah. they're not this big. This big, I am. Tottenham are in are in London, mm-hmm. so they can attract players who are willing to live in London. Things like that. Yeah. And Daniel Levy thinks he's God's gift to football. They've got this fancy new stadium. They've got an NFL pitch. All this sort of stuff. Yeah, we're elite because we say so. And again, that is the basis of all this. These clubs are deciding they are the elite yeah. and no one else can challenge them. Wigan Athletic have won a trophy more recently than, um, yep. than Tottenham. They won the FA Cup in 2013. Yeah, beating w- Man City. Yeah. Are, we, are Wigan elite now? You know, yeah. Not elite. You know, what, what, what gives any club the right to claim they are an elite club? They yeah. are better, you know, you've and they're got beating to, an elite club. Yeah. That's the whole point of yeah. competition. You've got to win it, yeah. yeah. Not be invited. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and so City have done everything. Oh, they're in the final. Oh, they've got Wigan. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a formality. No, it's not. Yeah. I would and have been that, tempted. Had, had this gone on, I would have been tempted. Right, let them go. Mm. Now, fair, the only... The only um, problem with that is that Sky might have turned around and wanted to renegotiate the Sky deal, mm. the TV deal, not give as much money, and that filters down the league and that starts hitting the football pyramid right through Championship League One, League Two, National League, etc., yep. all the way down to grassroots. That's where your problem was. But maybe more the romantic in me would have liked to see. Okay, let's have another sort of group of clubs that are, yeah, you know, it's great. Yeah, like you know, Everton. Leeds, yeah. West Ham, you know yeah. they're all up there. You know, Villa, West Ham, who we were challenging for the Champion League spot. Yeah. They must be thinking well, level on points with the elite of yeah. Chelsea, why, why and is it, two points ahead of Liverpool. Why is going to get the chance of going into Europe being taken away from us by yeah. this? You yeah, know, I'm no West Ham fan. God, far from it. But <laughs> yeah. they're in fourth. They're in the Bobby top. Zamora. They're in the top four on merit. Yeah, because they've been winning matches against other clubs. They've been beating big clubs. They deserve to be where they yeah. are. They don't deserve to be taken away because their ground isn't as big as Tottenham's, yeah. or they've not spent as silly as Man United or whatever. So, yeah, I mean the whole thing's just a, a, a farce. Yeah. And Fortunately, it looks like cl- well, the six English clubs have pulled out. Yeah, they Pulling yeah, out. Inter Milan have pulled out today. I think. Yeah. I think. I think at this rate, Tom, your five-a-side team is going to end up in. <laughs> and I hope you turn it down. But but that's where, fortunately, it has fallen down like a pack of cards. Yeah. It was during North End's game on Tuesday night. People kept looking at Twitter. Oh, such and such have pulled out. They're going to be pulling out. Yeah. Woodward was resigned at Man United, and it was like, wow, this is just falling apart. So. I mean, maybe that's one positive from it. Not Ed Woodward personally. You don't like seeing anyone lose a job or anything like that. But what maybe one positive from it is that. 
these owners are held accountable and whether it's a 50 plus one rule or all this sort of stuff, which is what I they do in yeah. Germany. Where I'd like to see that happen, but I can't. 51% owned by really, fans. Yeah, I, can't, I can't see it happening, unfortunately. I'd love, love it too, but mm. I think... I mean, I, Gary, I say Gary Neville's been brilliant on this, and, but he made a point that the Glazers have ridden out a lot of rubbish whilst they're at Man United, a lot of a lot of grief and a lot of hate. So it really wouldn't surprise me to see these owners just go, yeah, we got it wrong. Yeah, we're not doing it, but we're not going anywhere. Mm. But hopefully people can get more of a grip. I mean, the fact that it was all done without any sort of consultation mm. and how tone deaf everything has been and all these... I mean, Liverpool's statement was two lines, yeah. something like that. It was, it was pathetic. Awful, wasn't it? John pathetic. Henry finally on Wednesday morning went out and put a video yeah. apology. Yeah, once his PR team had got enough time to write a speech and put a camera in front of him. Arsenal did like and a sort of apology And dressed him in a gilet, I noticed. <laughs> I thought Arsenal's apology was probably the deepest of the lot, you know. It yeah, a, and it, it became kind of unprovoked and it was it came as part of the statement, but even then, and and this is kind of the problem, is that everyone's just assuming it's another another PR machine it's another because that's the, the trust has completely gone and it, 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 the likelihood is it is just another PR machine they've gone right damage limitation now that one's out that one's gone mm-hmm. how do we how do we limit how much people hate us yeah. and, and it's literally it, I think they've got some work to do because yeah. you know judging by what I've read about Liverpool the trust has gone between the fans and John Henry's yeah. group, you know. Like. I, I saw a tweet from uh, Spirit of Shankly before while, while we've been re- recording this that, that they, that's the Liverpool fans group, isn't it? And they're basically saying that they're, they're looking into avenues of, of what they can do about it because I, I assume they're going to be pointing, I don't know, whether a, a no confidence towards yeah. towards the club, the board, whatever that might may be. And I don't think, I don't think it ends, mm-hmm. I don't think it ends here. Like Obviously, Ed Woodward's leaving Man United who's yeah. been, Maybe it's harsh, but he's been a pawn of the the Glazers for for some time. Whether he's employee, he's an employee of theirs. So yeah, whether whether it's whether it might trigger some of these owners to sell up. I'd very but the much trouble doubt is though, there's Tom, too much money in there. Surely. Exactly the the people who can the only people who can afford to buy these clubs are these ones with huge pockets, probably mm. foreign owners, a lot of them, and your next sort of owners might come in and. You know, thinking, well, I've I've had to buy a lot of money to buy this club, spend a lot of money to buy this club. How do I make this back? We'll try Super League, yeah. and we're just going to go around in a circle again. That's why. Well, fair enough. If if they want to explore ways of breaking away, let them do it. But just know that what the sanction will be. There's got to be a sanction. Otherwise, yeah. this is this is going to be. I'm not saying a recurring theme every season, but it's going to come up every five or six years, probably. But also, it brings in the question, like the integrity of the competition. If they, if these talks have been going on for however long, mm. why were any of them interested in making the Champions League? Why are any of them, like, say Liverpool have been outside the Champions League for a lot of it? Why did they care? They were going to this Super League. They didn't. They weren't bothered about being a part of the Champions you're League. You're opening a bit of a legal minefield there, it, aren't you? About what what they might have not doing, but yeah, it, but it it, it, it brings it brings questions yeah. of integrity up, doesn't it? it yeah. and that's that's the problem. It's it's such a can of worms to open, yeah. especially because there's been so few communications about it until a few leaks, yeah. and then boom, we're all resigning and all this sort of stuff. It's it, it's just. Yeah. 
I'll tell you one thing, the government getting involved, mm. they, I wish they got involved quicker with coronavirus and things like that. Yeah. Boris, Boris was straight out onto this, wasn't he? He wasn't with yeah. Mr. Cobra <laughs> meetings, and, didn't uh, he? At the start of the pandemic and things like that. Jamie so. Carragher was quick to shoot him down on Twitter. I yeah. thought that was quite good. But it, it, And uh, Patrick Bamford made a good point after uh, after Leeds game with Liverpool about where's this, you know, how quick UEFA were to act on it. Yeah. Where was this energy with, with racism, racism yeah. and things like that? Because... I mean, you get a free match ban for being racially abused. Exactly, don't you? the Rangers lad found to yeah. his cost. So the other guy, the other guy has been found guilty of being racist. Yeah. So there's only Glenn a seven Kamara, match difference. Yeah, in it. and, and Glenn Kamara gets yeah. a three match ban for being angry about being racially abused. Yeah. Goodness knows why. Yeah, right. like it doesn't make sense. So again, it almost maybe that sets a precedent that they can do more mm. and they oh, should do more. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean that's no that's no surprise, mm. but. Maybe it's fans. I mean, it's different because players don't haven't sp- spoken out as openly. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, uh, on other issues that they have about this or pundits or things like that, clubs and things. But maybe it shows the the power of people power yeah. and what what could be done. I think more hopefully. and more you were starting probably Monday when these ideas came out. Monday morning ish, very few people. Were, you know, they might they might have had an idea about it, but they weren't prepared to talk about it. But I mm. think more and more, especially over Tuesday, North End were actually the first club to actually put out a statement on this. Mm. Quite surprising, but you know, lots of others followed, probably having to think about it. Yeah. But players were saying it more and more, weren't they? You know, Marcus Rashford put a very powerful yeah. what one tweet of a picture of the the Matt Busby quote. Yeah. That that said, you know, one picture said a million words, didn't mm-hmm. it? You know, and uh, and that's it. I think people people almost got a little bit braver about it. The more it went on, the more it was like I can speak against my club here. James, James Milner came out credit to him after the yeah. Liverpool Leeds match and said, "I'm against it." I, yeah, I, I can only it. say my opinion, but yeah. I don't like it. And I thought mm-hmm. Liverpool's and uh, they did it all in unison, didn't they? But the the statement was just that we don't want it. You know, yeah. we don't support it. And I thought it was very, you know, it was very strong. Everton's statement was very yeah. strong on uh, Tuesday morning, wasn't yeah. it, as well? Yeah, they've been taking a lot of pride in the way yeah. that they've they've approached it, which is rightly so as well. They've always been known as a people's club. I know David Moyes quoted that when he left yeah. North End to join Everton, you know, and I think that they are more, they are very in touch with their fan base. Mm. And, and I think I, I was talking to North End's Peter Risdale about it, and he was saying when this first started, you know, on Monday morning, I had a chat with him about it. And he, he used Everton as an example. He said, if I were Everton building this brand new stadium, which they got planned on the docks, at, at, you know, at Liverpool, I look across, if I look across at Stanley Park and see Liverpool are guaranteed a place every year, where where's the fairness in this? Yeah, so, yeah. what is the know. point? And that's it. He just mm. took away all... all Competition, yeah. and that's the whole. There's, there would be no fairy tale stories. That would there would be no clubs making it to the group stage, having yeah. played twelve games to get there. All this sort of stuff, and then picking up a result away at Man United or something. It you might know. take you know, like Leicester win it in 2015. It might take a perfect storm for that to happen, mm. but it does happen. Yeah, and, and you're taking away anything like yeah. that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. it really is. I mean, and then you wait for it to come out with this whole reform of the champion. Champions League, which I've not looked a great deal into it, but it just seems like I mean, there's two two league system, and then the top, however, I think it's the top top three from each go automatically through, and then the next handful play against each other in a knockout to decide who the other two in the quarterfinals are, and. I mean, that all sounds quite convoluted. And I must admit, I wasn't exactly sat around going, I wish they'd changed the Champions League. But 
that's again, better than the Super League. We've got, the, we've got the Champions League champions, you know. The the old European Cup used to be the champions of every country, but mm. now, you know, England's got four representatives and it, it has yeah. got watered down. But I think that, that that's here to stay. You know, the yeah. clubs do want more involvement in Europe, but... You know the the way the Super League was doing was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Because there's going to be the third European competition coming in soon as well, isn't it? For mm, yeah. there's like there'll be the Champions League, Europa yeah. League, and then whatever yeah. the third one's going to be. Things called. come around in circles, Tom. Like because me as a kid growing up, it was champ. There was the European Cup, which yep. was the winners of every league title. There was a Cup Winners Cup. So if you won the FA Cup, you went in that, mm-hmm. and the other countries equivalent, like in Spain, winning the Copa del Rey. Copa del Rey, yeah. Um, and then there was a UEFA Cup. Now, if you're ranking it, probably the UEFA Cup was more sort of league position. Hmm. So it was, it was European Cup was probably the top one. Probably UEFA Cup was next, and then the Cup Winners Cup underneath that. Hmm. You know, we're getting back to this free, free, free-tiered sort of uh, European competitions. Yeah, but then again, those even if you're in that third tier of uh, European competition. To go and watch your team play away in Europe mm-hmm. is still going to be a great occasion, no matter how kind of diluted it is. I love going uh, to see North End play outside the English. You know, yeah. North End get a Scottish friendly. I think yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> say that, yeah. Give me Montrose away or Arbro for something. I'll be yeah. up there. Yeah. A little trip to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I think that's off the list at the moment. No, isn't no. It, with the travel, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it just. I mean, thankfully, it's all been shot down. But the whole thing was just so mind-blowing mm-hmm. that they even tried it it's yeah. literally just just a, a coup wasn't it? it they just tried to take control the whole thing's been even the project's um big picture stemmed or there was something in it where you only need six votes to pass things through which was yeah. them trying to take control then yeah. it's just yeah so no nonsense i'm, uh, I'm glad it's dead in the water but yeah. as i say things have to be put in place to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen again yeah Give us the EFL any day. Well, no, well, they're not very well run either, are they? <laughs> but I mean, it's what we've got, and at least North End aren't going down anymore. Exactly. So that's something. Yeah. But I think on that note, we'd uh, better end the end the podcast here. You can uh, keep in touch with uh, myself and Dave on Twitter at Tom Sandals at Seds underscore LEP. Keep in touch with LEP underscore Football for all PNE related stories or any football related stories from uh, from the Lancashire Post. And uh, keep an eye on lep.co.uk for uh, daily PNE stories as well. But I think, Dave, that's all. That's all there is to it. So just got to say, uh, thank you very much for listening. Have a good natter. Yeah. Good natter and we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thank you.